John chapter 4, verses 7 through 18, we have it up here. Amen. So it's a blessing when we pray for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses. I mean, gifts and surprises, that stuff is real. God hears that, and he answers the prayers. John chapter 4, verses 7 through 18, I'm going to read it in English. And if you have it in Spanish, please follow along. And if you didn't bring your Bible, it's all good. For today, we'll let y'all read from there. But next week. You better bring your Bible. John chapter 4, verses 7 through 18, and the word of the Lord says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, for his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again, ever. In fact, the water that I will give him will become a well of water, springing up within within him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. "I, I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you have five husbands. (laughs) And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. I'm dropping the mic and I'm going home. (laughs) Amen. God bless his word. I mean, I've heard of this woman. So they call her the Samaritan woman uh, many times. Of course, I grew up in church. I've heard this sermon. But this morning, I don't want to focus on her, on her sin or on her failures. I want to focus on some of the good stuff that she did while she was sinning. Now, I know that don't make no sense. How can you be doing good stuff, Pastor, when, when you're doing bad stuff? That don't make no kind of sense, little homie, right? I understand, right? But I want you to understand, even while we are in a mess, Even while we are messed up, God decides to speak to us. God decides to touch us. God decides to answer our prayers even if we're not perfect. Even if we have said, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. It's Sunday. I'm sorry. I cry. It's Monday night, and you did it again. And you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. He's right there waiting for you to say sorry. He's all right, let's do this again. What's amazing about this woman was that she was doing some stuff, and everybody in the neighborhood knew who she was. Number one, she was a Samaritan woman. The Samaritans were descendants from the Assyrians. Now, the Assyrians, I'm not going to go into detail, they were the ones that conquered the northern kingdom of Israel. That's when the Israel, and they were divided. There was the north, and there was even gangs back then. There was a northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. See, I'm telling you, I've got to come against that right now, right? The northern kingdom, Israel, got, 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 they got uh, conquered by the Assyrians, right? <clears throat> so the Assyrians later on 
began to mix with the Jews. So the Jews and the Assyrians were so-called mixed breeds. So many people would avoid traveling through Samaria because the folks who lived there were a mixed breed. And true Jews, religious Jews, did not want to defile themselves. They did not want to get dirty going into the country or the state of Samaria. So they would take the long way to Galilee, and they would cross the Jordan River. It was dangerous. They would cross this river just so they can pass through or pass the other way around Samaria. When I think about that, I think about South Sacramento. I think about Del Paso Heights. I think about West Sac and Broderick, neighborhoods that people skip. And they say, I'd rather take the long way. I'll go around the 80. I'll go around going 99 just to get to Franklin Boulevard because I ain't trying to go through Oak Park. I'm not trying to go through 47. I'm not trying to go through Rainbow Park. I ain't trying to go through all that stuff. So I'm going the long way just to get to my destination. I'm never going to forget it. I'm going to be quickly. When I was in Bible college, not recently, but before when I got my bachelor's, it was in the year 2000. And I was in class, and one of my teachers, older lady, God bless her heart, she was talking about her uh, 50th birthday or something, and they rented a limousine. And I guess the, the limousine driver uh, was running out of gas. This ain't got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just thought about this, right? And we're like, oh, he ran out of gas, okay. So he had to exit. And we were all scared because this wasn't our neighborhood. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking, what street did he exit? I'm thinking Compton, L.A., they went to, on vacation. He exit Florin Road. <laughs> and I was like, in my mind, what city? Not Sacramento. And she's like, yeah. And then we went over there on Franklin Boulevard. And there was a Shell gas station. We were afraid. And I was like, I said, I live right there. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God bless your heart. <laughs> Anyways. They would travel around, right? But the Bible says in John 4, verse 4, that the Bible says in verse 4 that Jesus had to travel through Samaria. The Bible is very specific, all right? This word had wasn't just put there because they had no other where to put it. The Bible says that before they went through Galilee, which was in the north, Jesus had to go through Samaria. When everybody else would take the longer way to go to Galilee, he had to go through Samaria. There was a woman who needed a miracle from Jesus, a woman that was living in sin, a woman that was messing up her life, a woman that didn't just need to meet Jesus, but she needed to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. So Jesus had to go through Samaria because a woman was there that needed Jesus. See, even if it's one person, Jesus will be there. Even if everybody else says, I'm good, God, I don't need you. I'm, I'm straight. Everything's fine. I'm fine. But if you are here and you're that one person and you need a miracle, you need God to change your life, you need God to do something in your life, he is here and he's waiting for you. And he will do everything in his schedule. He will change it all. He will erase stuff for you. Because you are worth it. Because you are worth it. Jesus went to Samaria. So today I want to focus on three things quickly that she did. Number one, she came to Jesus. 
she came to Jesus. As messed up as this woman was, she still came to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was tired. So he went by the well and he sat down, knowing that this woman was going to come and get some water sometime of the day. So he's waiting for this woman. She came to Jesus. We have so many people that think that they can't come to Jesus because how, of how messed up their past is, how messed up their life is, how messed up their prayer life is, how messed up their personal walk with Jesus is, even though he knows how messy you and I are, he still desires to meet with you. Matter of fact, he will even come to you like he came to this woman. In verse 6, the Bible says that Jesus was tired and he sat down by the well. This woman just wanted to get some water, and she wanted to go home. She woke up every day around the same time, got her bucket ready. She washed it a little bit, rinsed it, was waiting by the window, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. She would wait for all the women to get their waters and all the women to go back home, and then when the coast was clear, she would walk and get some water. Even though it was hot and even though it was warm, she would go and get her water, and then she would come home use it for whatever, and then do it again in the evening. This woman woke up thinking this was going to be just another ordinary day. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to eat some breakfast, some tacos, or some carne asada. No, not for breakfast, but I'm going to eat something for breakfast. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to get my water. I'm not going to talk to nobody. No one's going to talk to me. I don't want no drama. Nobody likes me. I'm living in sin, yada, yada, yada. Then I'm going to go home, go to sleep, and I'm going to do it again like I've been doing for the last 10, 15 years. I'm going to have just another ordinary day. But Jesus was waiting. This was a different day. He was waiting. We have so many folks that come to church services, and they think it's going to be just another service. Matter of fact, we got some folks that are here today, and you thought this. I'm going to go to church, and it's going to be just another service. But Jesus is here. He's waiting. He's waiting. When we have an encounter with Jesus, church services are not supposed to be the same. Your home is not supposed to be the same. You are not. Supposed to be the same. A real life-changing experience happens when you encounter the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ, when he touches you, when you encounter him, you cannot be the same again. You can't. You can't. Verse 7, Jesus asked this woman for a drink. The nerve of Jesus. This woman goes to him or goes to the well. He's like, I need my water. And he says, uh-uh, I want some of that water. This woman had been waiting all morning to get some water. The Bible says it was about the sixth hour, which translates to noon. So early in the morning, like around six in the morning, all the women in that village, in that little city, would get up and go to this well and get water that was fresh. Early in the morning, they would talk. Talk about this, my husband, nah, he's so cool. He's the best husband in the world. Girl, no, 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 my husband is the best. He works and he plays with my kids. Mm-hmm. No, 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 my husband, see, that's what women do. They talk good about their husbands. Can I get a witness? Thank you, ladies, right? <clears throat> Same with the guys. Guys, we talk good about our wives, right? Amen, that's right. All day, every day, all night, every night. 
So, man, when? Okay. So anyways, she, <clears throat> I could imagine this woman looking at her in her blinds, waiting for the last woman to go back home. She's looking at the clock and saying, man, it's getting late. It's getting hot. The water's going to be a little stale. I don't know, man. She's like, I don't want to meet nobody. I don't want no one to talk to me. I'm a sinner. I'm imperfect. The things that I'm doing are horrible, but I keep doing them. Nobody wants to talk to me. So I'm going to wait until everybody gets their water. And then when it's hot, I'm going to go out there and get my water because I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't need nobody to interrupt me. Jesus was waiting for this woman. She would wait because all the other women would come to draw water early. Plus, she didn't want to talk to anyone. Even though she would risk getting the leftovers, it didn't matter. She didn't want to talk to anybody. But Jesus had the nerve to ask her for some water. She came to get some water, but Jesus asked her for a drink from her water. I want you guys to understand that. Let that marinate like a steak on a 4th of July. Marinated by somebody that's cool like Eddie Cobb from Bel Air. <clears throat> Just like this woman, many of us have been waiting. She waited till noon to get her water. Many of us have been waiting for Jesus to answer our prayer. We've been waiting for him. <clears throat> We've been waiting to give our lives to him but completely. We're like, yo, God, I'm going to wait until maybe I finish high school. Wait, I'm going to wait <coughs> until I break up with this one girl. I'm going to wait until things go wrong, and then I'm going to give you my entire life. But for now, please don't touch that. I'll give you everything, but not my relationship, not my finances. Oh, not my family. Family first. <laughs> I'm not going to give you that until I finish, but when I need you. I will let you know. Many of us have been waiting to get right on our own. Yo, I got this. When I get right, people tell me all the time, hey, pastor, when I get right, then I'll go to church. And you're missing the whole point. Then you don't need church. You don't need Jesus if you can do it on your own. But we all need Christ. We're all messed up. We're all tore up from the floor up. We all need a checkup from the neck up. That's us. All of us, we're waiting for him to touch our children and families. But this morning, he is asking, will you give me your family? Will you give me your life completely? Will you give me your past? Will you give me your present? Will you give me your future? Will you give it to me? You may be saying this morning, I ain't got nothing to give to Jesus. I don't. I don't sing. I don't play sports. I don't play instruments. I can't talk in front of people. All I got is my past. And it's a horrible past. I can't give that to Jesus. But he wants your past. There are people in the Bible that gave Jesus everything. Abraham waited 100 years for a son. And what did God do? Give me your son. What did Abraham do? I then. He was about to sacrifice his son. And what happened? God provided the sacrifice. What about Moses? I mean, I can't talk in front of people. I have a stuttering problem. I can't do that, God. I have my brother, Aaron. He will do 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 a better job than me. The guy's like, I want what you got. What do you got? Man, all I got is this staff, this rod, 
Okay. Now point it to the water. Oh, I mean, you got to understand something. God, uh, the, fair, the, the Egyptians are behind us. They want to kill us. We got mountaintops everywhere. We have nowhere to go. The Red Sea's in front of us. Give me your rod. All right. Point it to the water. Boom. What happened? <laughs> the water's open. They walked on dry, gr- on dry ground. Then nobody had no blow dryer. Shh. They walked on dry ground. Their chanclas did not get muddy. People say, this ain't got nothing to do with it. People say, oh, the water was only three feet deep. Oh, is that right? Then how did people drown in three feet? How did horses and chariots drown in three feet? Come on, somebody. Three times a hundred. <laughs> Moses gave him that. Let's keep going. And look at, all right, Samson. What did Samson give him? Samson gave him his life. He made a mistake with Delilah. She cut his hair. He lost his strength. He was a slave. They took his eyes out. I ain't got time to talk about Samson. Great guy. He gets in front of everybody, in front of these two pillars and says, God, I give you my life. He destroyed more Philistines when he died than when he was alive. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's right. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What did they give him? They give God their worship. I'm not going to bow down to no other king. I'm not going to bow down to no statue. Then we're going to burn you and do what you got to do. But I'm not going to bow down to you. What they say, right before they got in the furnace, even if he doesn't rescue us from this, we're still not going to worship you. And then what happened? They're in there dancing. It's getting hot up in. Look at y'all. Y'all know that. Ooh, look at y'all. See, I was testing y'all. Right? The Apostle Paul, what did he give him? He gave him his past. Killer of Christian, persecutor of the way. Someone that did not like people because he thought he was doing God a favor, got changed, got had an encounter with God, and he didn't have nothing else to give him, but he gave him his past. So whatever it is that you got, even if it seems insignificant or small, in the hands of the Almighty God becomes huge. It becomes great. God can do more with your little that you can ever do with the big things in your life. So give it to God this morning. Give it to him. This woman, this woman was on her way to get some water. And Jesus was waiting. In verse 10, Jesus tells her, if you knew the gift of God and who is it that is asking for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Number two, she knew she needed to know who the gift of God is. <laughs> now, this is interesting. This woman was known, okay, I'm not going to really focus on this. I'm going to talk about this later, but she was known to have five husbands, or if you look at the original context, it says five men. They could have been her husbands or, or not. Five men, and the one she was with wasn't the one that she was with before. So I don't know what's going on. It's complicated. <clears throat> everyone knew her okay, everyone knew her past I want you guys to, I want you guys to understand it. everyone knew her past <clears throat> okay so I could only imagine the women in the town will tell their husbands don't be looking at her don't be talking to her for more than 30 seconds or, or watch what's going to happen to you so men in the neighborhood probably were like hey what's going on hey, oh, all right all right acting like she didn't exist because they didn't want to get in trouble 
or, or, or because she was doing stuff and they felt like, oh, man, she might want to do something to me. Or they felt like, oh, yeah, I'm so good looking that, that she's going to want to be all over me. But this woman was just a normal woman who was struggling. So she would wait to go get her water when nobody was around because everybody knew what she was doing. She walks out of her house with her flip-flops or her robe, her curling stuff in her hair. She's like, ain't nobody out here anyway. So she's walking, and there's a man sitting. I want you guys to picture this on the well. And she's like, there's a man. I'm a woman. Everybody knows what I'm doing. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Maybe she thought, maybe she thought, man, I'm about to get, I'm about to get hooked up today. I don't have to go nowhere. I don't have to say nothing, but someone's waiting for me. I'm going to have some rent money. It's going to be fine with me. Man, God provides. No, she didn't say that. So she's walking, right, towards this man. And this man just goes real quick, give me a drink. Her bucket is empty. She came to Jesus empty. Think about that. She wasn't full, and there's nothing wrong with going to school. I went to school full of her education. She didn't know maybe what the scriptures meant in the Old Testament. She didn't sit down in church and went to Sunday school. She didn't know all this stuff. She wasn't spiritually obese. She was empty. See, when you come to Jesus, I want to encourage you, you got to come empty. And, and not full of yourself but empty. We got so many people that are full of themselves. I want you to understand this. You're full of yourself, and but there's no room for Jesus. Jesus wants to come in. He wants to work some stuff out. Now, I got it. Yeah, I know you got it because it's all about you, and there's no room for Jesus. I want to fix your marriage, man, or, or, or missus. I want to fix your, I want to touch your kids. I don't know. I got that. You just help me with my finances, God. I'll fix my kids. You know what, uh, um, you, you just help my leaders to understand me better, but don't change me. They're the ones that don't get me. No one gets me. And we're full of ourselves, but Jesus sat next to this woman and asked for a drink, even though she didn't even have nothing in her bucket. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. She had to know who the gift of God was. We need to know who the gift of God is. And if you guys don't know already, that's Jesus. He is our gift. She heard of Jesus. The word of God says this. She heard of the Messiah, but she didn't know who he really was. If only she knew who he was. If only our friends knew. If only the folks walking around the neighborhood knew. It is not good enough to hear of Jesus. I'm going to ask Eddie to help me out real quick. It's not good just to hear about Jesus, but we need to know who he is. I'm not finishing yet. I just need his little, his little piano. Big piano. Beautiful, right? <clears throat> so it's not good enough to hear of Jesus, but we need to know who he is. He is our prince of peace, the word of God says. He is our strong tower, the word of God says. He is the bread of life, the word of God says. He is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. He is our hero. He is our savior. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the salt of the earth. He is the light of the earth. He is our greatest thing ever is Christ Jesus. 
It's not good just to hear about him. You got to know him. She heard about Jesus, but she was still living a life that was not good. But she heard. Oh, I heard about this Messiah. He's going to come one day. I know we, we worship in spirit. and But she heard that, but she never knew who he was. If she knew, then she would not have been doing what she was doing. If she had an encounter with Christ, then she would not have been the same. That is why we need to spread the word. Many folks that don't know about Jesus, many folks don't even know who we're serving. We have a lot of folks walking around this neighborhood, our cities, our family members walking around like zombies with no direction, no purpose. All right, I'm going to wake up. It's Sunday. I'm going to watch my game. I'm going to go to work during the week. All right, it's Saturday. I'm going to hang out with my homies. There's no purpose in life. There's no vision. There's no goals for the next five years. We have dead people walking, but we have this truth inside of us. And we have so many people, and not here. This is like in Rancho Cucamonga in a different church. We have so many people in a different church that are so good at spreading gossip, causing division. When we got folks walking like zombies around us. If we are so good at spreading stuff, we should be good at spreading the gospel. We ain't got time for what he said, she said. He didn't say hi to me. She don't like me no more. Look what she wearing. Look at that dude preaching. He don't even act like he, we got time for all that. We got people that are dying, that are lost, without Christ, without the truth. And we have the truth. But can we handle the truth? That's a good question. That was a movie. Last thing, allow Jesus to fill you. This woman brought her empty jar to fill it up with water. But in truth, she was empty and she needed some water. Some living water. This woman became curious. In verse 11, she said, where can you get this living water from? This water that you say that I will never grow thirsty again? I want to know right now, where can I get this water? Because I'm tired of waiting till noon to get this water. And tomorrow, I'm going to be thirsty again. I never want to be thirsty again. She became curious. And like so many of us today, she couldn't understand that the emptiness in her life wasn't physical. It was emotional and spiritual. She needed something to fill her, and it wasn't nothing that she could do about it. She needed Jesus to fill her. Verse 14 says, But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again ever. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up from within him for eternal life. The emptiness people have is not physical. That is why many of us, many people have tried drugs and you still were empty. You've tried alcohol and you still were empty. You've tried to go through programs and I have nothing against programs. We have programs at work and they're helping people. But you've gone through that and for many of you, nothing has happened. You still have this emptiness in your life. Violence. 
can't feel the emptiness in your life. Relationships. Oh, if I can get with him, if I can get with her, then I'll be fine. That can't feel the emptiness in your life. Your family. That's right, I said it. Your family can't feel the emptiness in your life. Only Jesus can feel the emptiness in your life. This woman came to the well with an empty jar. Before she could fill her jar with water, Jesus had to fill her with living water. Before we can fill our jars with anything, God wants to fill us with his spirit. He wants to fill us with his love. He wants to fill us with his mercy, his forgiveness, his hope, his power, his living water. He wants to fill you today. We must allow God to fill us with his living water. We need an encounter with God. I ain't got time to talk about this woman. There's a lot about this woman. Great stuff. When you get home, read it. But I will say this. She became the first woman, the first, forget that, the first person ever to be recorded as the first evangelist to go and spread the gospel for Jesus. Okay, check this out. She woke up. She was waiting. She got her bucket. She got there. She met this man. It wasn't who she thought it was. It was Jesus. Her empty jar, it was empty. He told her about this living water. He told her about her sins. She's like, you must be a prophet. I know who you are now. You're Jesus. And the Bible says that right away when she had this encounter with God, and I want you to listen to this, she left her empty jar with Jesus, and she ran back to the town. The number one thing, her goal, her passion was to get water for herself and for her family. But she left everything with Jesus. And she walked to the town. She ran to the town. And she told everybody what Jesus did for her. Now listen, listen, listen. This woman didn't go home and straighten her hair, put on some makeup, change some clothes. She left the way she was. And everybody that saw her in the town was like, well, here comes that woman. They saw the outside, but something was going on on the inside. Whoa, this woman, look at her. She might want to do something. Everybody was running away from her, and she was telling people, listen, I met a man. They're like, yeah. Okay. No, 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 for real. This is different. Okay. He told me everything that I ever did. Okay. But he changed my life. If it wasn't for this man, I wouldn't be here right now telling you what he did to me. The Bible says that they believed her. And they ran back to the town with her. And Jesus was waiting for them. And they said, yo, Jesus, can you please stay two more days and give us what you gave this woman? See, what I'm trying to say is this. Whatever you got, whatever you've been holding on to, when you got to give it to Jesus. For real, it's that simple. I know it's not deep. You got to give it to him. If you've been holding on to your family, give it to him. If you've been holding on to your past, give it to him. If you've been holding on to your future, your dreams, your goals, give it to him. If you've been holding on to your marriage, give it to him. If you've been holding on to your children, give them to him. The very thing that she wanted was this water to be filled with her, bu her bucket to be filled with water. And she left that bucket 
like there was nothing going on. How about you? Are you willing to leave your bucket with Jesus? He wants to have an encounter with you right now. Don't wait till you get home. Okay, I'll get it in the car. No, right now. So with every head bowed and eye closed, I'm going to ask if the worship team can help me sing this song again. Oh, come to the altar. Come on. This morning, Jesus is sitting by the well. I don't know what your well is today, but I would like like to encourage you to come to him. Your mess does not scare Jesus. It doesn't. He wants to have an encounter with you. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and eye closed, nobody looking around. This is, I'm telling you, it's not going to be a normal service today. And it has nothing to do with me. There are some of you that came today messed up. And I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying you were, your life is a mess. You've been trying to get close to God, but then things happen on, on the outside. Things happen, and you're wondering, why, God? Why did you allow this to happen? Why is this going on with me? I'm doing good now. I'm not messing up no more. I'm going to church on Sunday, and things are still happening in my life that shouldn't be happening. He wants an encounter with you. He wants an encounter with you. Man, God, I've been trying to do this on my own, and I am tired. I'm getting burnt out. You are not supposed to do this on your own. He was, he's created you to worship him, but he has been the man, the the God himself, to carry your burdens. He is able, you are not. So if you are here, the altar has been made. What do you have to bring to the altar? What is it that you got to bring to the altar? So come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Again, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If you are here this morning and you want to come to the altar, if you are here this morning and there's a well right here, Jesus is sitting at this well and he's waiting for you. The question this morning is, what are you going to do? Don't go home wondering what if. Just do it. God wants to have an encounter with you. So come up right now. Everybody that wants to come up, we want to pray for you. He's right here. Come on. Let's go. Let's do this. Yes, come on. I don't care if you've been coming to church forever. I don't care if you're on the staff. I don't care if you clean or if you don't. You you come up to the front. He wants to have an encounter with you right now. Right now. All right, as the worship team begins to sing this song, I want you to close your eyes. God's going to do something. And I guarantee you, even if nobody touches you, God's already going to touch you. So I'm going to ask the ushers to get ready because I don't know what's going to happen.